Sports Minutes with Elia Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danker together with Ziaul Roshan. Did you miss us? I did. I did. I did miss doing this. But yeah. I'm sorry to report that uh, my beloved Manchester United are still in the same spot of bother they found themselves before you left. Do you know the beautiful thing about being on holiday is disconnect? Yes. And now it includes disconnecting from Manchester United. Well, the bad news is yep. it's time to connect neck back because we're going to be talking all things English football, I believe, today. Oh my gosh, such is life. And we've got, uh, well, he may be an expert in Singapore football, but don't let that mistake you. He's an expert in all things sports. Straits Times sports reporter, Deppin Raj Gunnison. Welcome, my friend. Hi, Elliot. Hi, Roshan. Happy New Year, first and foremost. Uh, wonderful to talk about the English Premier League and overall football things. Uh, got a bit tired talking about Singapore football in 2023. I'm sure we'll visit that soon oh, enough yeah, for sure. in 2024, but let's get started. No, 100% Singapore football is on the agenda and you'll be on the menu for that. But let's talk English football. And last night, Liverpool 2, Arsenal nil in the FA Cup. Surprised by that result, Leepen? Not so surprised. Uh, I, I thought it would be a tight game. I think both are fantastic teams, as you've seen in the English Premier League this season. Uh, but I thought, you know, the lack of a Mohamed Salah uh, in Liverpool's lineup would affect them. And I think it did. I, I think Arsenal were the better team for large parts of the game, but they just could not finish their chances. Mm. And, and Liverpool stayed in the game. They made a couple of tweaks in the second half. Uh, they dropped back a bit instead of really pressing Arsenal high up. And he paid dividends in the end with uh, Jota coming on. And mm. I think he changed the game for Liverpool and, and they were 2-0 winners. So overall, I think Liverpool, I, I can't say they deserved it, uh, but they made their chances count while Arsenal didn't. I think that is something we'll talk about later on as well uh, in terms of what Arsenal are lacking. I wonder, uh, I guess this is an opinion question, uh, it took Jurgen Klopp, what, four or five years continuously finishing second before building a consistent Liverpool side. Uh, Mikel Arteta, of course, has not been in the job as long as Jurgen Klopp. Is it fair to say oh, Arsenal are choking as usual or that, hey, you're, you're striving for the top, it's going to be hard. Both are, are, are kind of meeting standards here. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure about using the term choking on Arsenal. Okay, I mean, okay. m- maybe you could have used that last season because they were in, in the ascendancy. Uh, they seemed favourites for the title and then there was a drop-off. Uh, I think Arsenal are a team that are building towards something and you can mm. see clear mm. signs of progress uh, in terms of how they play. Uh, you can see an identity. You know what they're trying to do. You know that they dominate games. Yeah. So again, even though they lost 2-0 to Liverpool, I thought they did very well. Okay. It's just that they couldn't finish their chances. I think to answer your question, I think you can't really compare uh, this Arsenal side with Arteta with what Liverpool are doing at the moment because Liverpool play in a very, very unique way. Yeah. I think yeah. you, you've got to have energy to play the way Liverpool do. Yeah. I think Arsenal is a bit more technical side. I think it's going to take a bit of confidence because when you want to use technique as the as your barometer of you know how you want to play your football games, you need confidence and it's a young side. Yeah. You know, yeah. Confidence might not be high after the run of results that they've had. So I think Arsenal will come back into it, but I think they do need certain additions in the January transfer market. Yeah, you talk about building, right? And building that confidence. Externally, they have to look into the transfer market and what are they looking for and will they achieve it? Because I feel like Ateta signed Havitz, it's on him, hasn't worked out. Will he still have the the novelty of going out to sign someone? Will the board back him? Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Havertz because uh, I thought he was extremely poor against Liverpool. Uh, he played in the number nine role because uh, Jesus was injured. Uh, and uh, just very disappointing. And this season, Ateta has used Kai Havertz in a left central midfield kind of role, number eight. 
I don't think it has worked for him. I think a lot of Arsenal fans like to jump on to small things that he does and say, hey, you know, <laughs> he can do this, he can do that. But 60 million on someone that you thought would strengthen your side, this is not him. As someone uh, who is a Manchester United fan, you know, if you are spending 60 million on someone, you would think, oh, Arsenal are going to be a much better side. But I don't think Havertz has, has changed Arsenal for the better. So I think that is a problem position as well, that left central midfield slot, because I think Odegaard has been tremendous on that right central midfield mm. spot. Declan Rice, I think, to me, is the signing of the season. So that, that's the missing component there. And of course, your striker. I think they really, really need a striker. They created so many chances yesterday to win not one football game, but a few football <laughs> games, but just could not get the ball over the line. So they do need a striker who can convert those chances. Actually, you want to talk about Mason Mount, right? <laughs> 60 million and all that. I mean, uh, we, if we want to talk about United and the transfer market, I think we need five episodes for that. So we shall not go there. Um, Deepin, uh, uh, the standard question is, can Liverpool maintain such form without the likes of uh, Mo Salah or Virgil van Dijk? Let's put van Dijk out of the picture, Mo Salah, African Cup of Nations. You would think that Jurgen Klopp plans for this every year. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, you, you would think that he would plan for this. Um, based on yesterday's performance alone, I know it's not a big sample size. I just thought they lacked a bit of the directness that Salah mm-hmm. brings to, to the lineup. Mm-hmm. But more than that, I thought Endo was a bigger miss than, than Salah oh, because... Okay. Endo, I, I think he, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he won uh, Liverpool's Play of the Month yes, did, uh, yeah. most recently. Yep. Uh, and he's been a very key player for them in the middle of the park because he sweeps up everything yep. that goes on uh, in front of the defence. Mm. And yesterday they lacked that. Perhaps it was because Alexis McAllister is just coming back into the fold, didn't really have a good game. But he was playing in the number six role and I thought he didn't really have a good game. So when you play the way Liverpool does, you really need someone in front of the defence to ensure that it's all clean and neat. But they didn't have that yesterday. So I feel like this could affect them going forward because for the lack of having a Salah, they, they, they do still have a Luis Diaz who I yep, thought did yep. all right yesterday. Yep. They have Jota who has mm. just come back. Darwin Nunes can mm. fill that role on the right as well. Harvey Elliott there as well. But in midfield, I don't think you have a like-for-like replacement with Endo and I think that could cause them. But if you ask me if I think Liverpool will, will maintain the charge, I think absolutely. That's why we pay him the big bucks, right? We talk about Salah, the headline, and then under the radar, he picks Aendo. I love that. Deepen, let's continue the title talk. City are now, I guess, the team that are likely to hunt Liverpool down. We saw KDB return to action yesterday. Got to assist, what, 10 minutes into his second coming of the season or whatever you want to call it. Our City a real deal now. Our team is going to be like, oh, KDB is back. Haaland's going to return. Mm. Do we see City click into that treble winning gear now? Yeah, you know, I had a chuckle to myself yesterday looking at, you know, everybody celebrating the return of KDB. And I'm like, this is Man City who you think haven't really missed KDB. Mm. And then now they have KDB, they have Haaland coming back, uh, Doku came back after a, a small time out. I, I think City are the real deal. I think I think they're going to just pick on from here. And, and I saw a stat somewhere that they don't really face uh, the top five to six teams for until the later in March. So... I think that's that's tremendous for them because Manchester City, once they get a string of wins together, they don't stop. Mm. You know, they're like a machine, clockwork. Mm, mm, mm. And I think that's what Man City are going to be till the end of the season. So, pressure's on the sides around Manchester City to ensure that they too can get a winning run going because... I don't think City are going to be stopped anytime soon. Uh, since we're in January, uh, transfer window is going to come up. What are your thoughts on Newcastle? A bit of a up and down uh, December, uh, but they did get the win against Sunderland, their, their, their rivals. Things going well. What do you expect from them? Are they progressing? Yeah, so I, I thought that that was going to be, to me, the biggest game of the All weekend right. because okay. pressures on Newcastle and Eddie Howe and a defeat or even a draw against their arch rivals could really spell the mm. beginning of the end for Eddie Howe. And I, th- I thought they did well. 
they they handled the pressure uh, really well. But but you're right. I think they do need a couple of additions in the January transfer window. Yeah. Uh, they've dealt with so many injuries this yeah, season. Yeah. Uh, so lots of these players will be coming back. Uh, they they've now got Isak and Wilson, you know, back in yeah. in, in the starting role. Um, I do think that they need additions in midfield for for all the things that we can praise about Luis Miley. He is still 17, yeah. mm. uh, and I think in some of the bigger games you can't really just rely on him alone. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes has dropped off a little bit, yeah. but I thought he's overall had a good season. Yeah. You saw Kieran Trippier, you know, yeah. he's also yeah. dropped off uh, in in terms of form. So I do think they need a couple of additions at the back. I, I don't think uh, they have been as strong as they have been wanting to be at the back because we know Newcastle they, they rely on a on a on a tight back force. Yes. Yeah. It's not been a it's tight back force. I mean, yeah. you saw the game against Liverpool. The chances yeah. that Liverpool had. This is not a Newcastle team that we know of. So I do think they need an addition at the back and perhaps in midfield. So are they going to go to Saudi for shopping? Yeah, so I, I think it's too obvious of a thing for them to do at the moment, and especially yeah. with all the spotlight on them. Uh, I do think they will look outside the, the Saudi market for a central midfielder, uh, perhaps do a, a bit of loans. I think that's something yeah, okay. they can work on. Uh, but yeah, they do really, really need any reinforcements. Which is quite interesting, you know, you, you talk about Newcastle. Everyone's expecting Eddie Howe to make the shrewd, unexpected mm. signing that fits a jigsaw puzzle. I mean, any names pop up uh, just to try and probe that a little bit deeper. Yeah, so when you look at uh, centre-backs and central midfield, I think you can look within the league. Okay. Uh, so lots of people have been talking about Everton's Onana. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think he's someone that really helps Newcastle in a sense where he not only is a ball winner, he also is a ball carrier in terms of moving the ball up towards uh, the attack. So he's someone who can really benefit Newcastle. And I think Everton are in the in the market for a midfielder on loan. I think uh, Hannibal Marshbury is someone who's being linked to them. So that could mean that okay. they are you know, sensing that uh, someone could be smart about this. Yeah, yeah. so so yeah. that's someone who I really look at. Uh, and also at centre-back, I think Lloyd Kelly from, from Bournemouth, I think he's a he's a right. tremendous player. Again, sorry Everton fans, but to look at Everton, <laughs> Jared Branthwaite, yeah. I thought has been I like fantastic. Yeah. English player as well. Yeah. And I think Eddie Howe, correct me if I'm wrong, seems to like working with English players. Yeah. Uh, he likes to have the English core. Uh, Jared Branthwaite at Newcastle to Ooh. me looks tremendous. Yeah, one for the future, right? And Onana is... That Onana at least is highly <laughs> spoken of instead of the other Onana. Let's shift the conversation slightly to Tottenham Hotspur. We talk about transfers. They look close to securing uh, Werner. Are you excited by that move? Good move for them? Yeah, so I, I was with a Chelsea fan uh, when this news broke and he was like... He he reacted with it with humour. Like, haha, look at who Spurs are getting, you know, yeah. a Chelsea reject. Yeah. Because... Let's be honest, his time with Chelsea didn't really go too well. But I think Timo Werner is a, is a very unique player. Uh, so I'm going to base this off Spurs' uh, FA Cup game against Burnley, which okay. they won 1-0. Okay. Uh, Spurs were tremendous with the ball. They It was like a training session for them. But you knew, you could tell that they are going to miss Son Heung-min. Yeah. Because they did not have the player running in behind. Yeah. Your Brennan Johnson, your Richarlison and your Kulusevsky, they like the ball at their feet. Yeah. You know, they don't have someone running in behind. So I think this might have, you know, jolted Spurs and Ange Postacoglu to go and get that one guy who can play off the left. On the left, yeah. yeah. Off the front as well, who can run in behind with his pace and that's Timo Werner for mm, you. Mm. First of all, it's a loan deal. Yeah. I, I think the risk is really low. Mm. Secondly, he's got a point to prove. Mm. You know, he would have left London and the English Premier League and said, you know, one day I will come back and prove myself and this is a chance for him. Yeah. So like I said, low risk, 
perhaps high rewards for Spurs in waiting. Mm, uh, I think Spurs were also trying to go for Conor Gallagher, which is quite ridiculous considering he's best player for Chelsea. Chelsea, United, Arsenal, these are the names that come in when we talk about the quest for a striker. Who needs one the most? Who needs one the most? That's a, <laughs> that's a really good question. I Who's would available say. even? Yeah, so I think, first of all, I think people need to know that historically, January is not the easiest time to do yeah. a deal. Mm. Because clubs, when they sell a player, they need a replacement. Yeah. And it's too short a window, too tight uh, a market to try and get a replacement in. So it's going to be a hard one. You look at the market, are there many strikers available <laughs> who can come yeah. in and do a job? I know Ivan Tony has been uh, has been talked about for yeah. some time, but... You see, here's the thing we've got to know about Ivan Tony. He's been out for, for what, a year yeah, at yeah. least. Why would Brentford sell someone who have been who they have been paying for for almost a year who hasn't played for them and the fact that they need him too? And if anything, Ivan Tony owes them six months, waits in it a out way, till yes. the and, summer? And you look at where Brentford are in the table. They, they are not safe at all. Yeah. And and they've got uh, Brian Bumo who is going to be missing uh, for quite a bit. So they need Ivan Tony. So yeah. for, for anyone to price Ivan Tony away from them in January, I think it's going to be a very, very huge day. Mm. I don't think clubs will do that in January. Mm-hmm. There are other people that, you know, perhaps clubs can look at and, and that's in the loan market. So it's interesting for me that Manchester United sent back uh, Sergio Regulon because yeah. that frees up a loan spot and yeah. I think that's where they will try to get someone in in the window. Uh, Grassi from Stuttgart is someone who's been mentioned about, but I'm not sure about him because this is someone who has suddenly half a season wonder. Yeah, half a season wonder almost. I'm not saying he's not a good deal, but again, do you want to go into that market when you don't know for sure if it's going to work in the Premier League? Woodwork Horse is on his phone right now. <laughs> call me, call me, call yeah, me. I just want to mention a name that has uh, that has impressed me that I would love to see move to the Premier League one day. Uh, is Victor Giocares from Sporting Lisbon. Ah. To me, to me, he is one to watch. I think he's got 13 goals in 18 games this yeah. season, plus I think a couple of assists as well. He's someone to watch. One other rumour that I saw which really makes sense and brings me back to my stint in uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, I went to Saudi Arabia to watch the opening of the Saudi Pro League and I watched Roberto Firmino mm. uh, get off to a, to a sterling start with a hat-trick. But since then, he hasn't quite worked for him yeah, at okay. Al-Ali. Um, he has failed to score since and he's, I think, got three goals in 19 appearances. Is he someone perhaps that Arsenal could look at? Because I see him fitting in so well yeah. with Arsenal uh, in terms of moving across that front line, the kind of football that Arsenal play. Firmino, as well as you know, Arsenal fans don't like him because he always scores against them. Yeah, yeah. Could he now start scoring for Arsenal? Starting the year, ruffling a few feathers. A few <laughs> Liverpool fans just took off their earpieces. Final question. Manchester United, a lot of excitement surrounding Ineos and stuff like that. Are you going to throw caution through in and say this is going to be more loan signings than an Ineos market? Yeah, I don't think it will be an Ineos market. I think it's too soon for that. I think right now, based on the, the reports I'm reading, uh, Ineos are doing like a fact-finding mission almost, seeing where what is wrong, how can they fix Proving things. the fact. Yes, and anyone that you get in January, you, you have to realise that they will be stuck with the player if it's a permanent signing. You don't even know who your next manager is going to be. Is it going to be Ten Hag? Is it going to be someone else? Who's your sporting director? Are we going to uh, give the burden of this new signing to the to the new people in charge? I don't think they will go for a permanent signing. Loan signings is what we've got to look at and we know how recent loan signings have gone. So, not very optimistic about that but uh, there are a few things to be opti- optimistic about when you are a United fan at the moment. Open heart surgery. <laughs> the man said it. <laughs> Ralph Ragnick. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Straight Time Sports reporter. Different right, Gunnison. Uh, we continue looking at this very interesting transfer window uh, and hopefully bring you some updates as they come along. Yeah, certainly. Can't wait. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.